0: This is a Kitty Pod production. The Keep It To Yourself podcast was taped in front of a live, yet limited, masked, and socially distant audience.
1: From Television City in Hollywood... Christmas, and as we trim the tree, how much fun it's gonna be together.
0: Hey, man! Welcome to episode 113 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above-average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullet.
1: The regulator, innovator, dominator, creator, a plus the imitator, a fascinator, baby. I demand the hour to member the power. Oh, too sweet to be salad Jack.
0: And I'm coming to you once again from the Rolling Hills of Saratoga County, New York. It is Tuesday, the 8th of December, 2020, as we are balls deep into a holiday season unlike anything we've ever experienced thanks to this Galdang pandemic. It's been a while since last I spoke to you. We were getting ready for Thanksgiving. I'm gonna break down how all that went. And all that. And I don't know what we have for a real topic, but I'm sure you're going to find it interesting. That's all I'm going to tell you. This is our second to last show of this wretched year 2020. And we'll preview coming attractions later on. Let's get to my social media quickly. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at keep underscore podcast. Civilian Instagram is Jason underscore 51838. There's also the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page. Where you'll get episodes of not only this podcast, but my true crime podcast, See Our Crime. True crime tales from New York's Capital Region. I'll plug all the podcasts towards the end of the show. Haven't done this in a while. I have a different music bed. It's been we'll a while like, since I used that T for Two thing with, uh, I think it was Tommy Dorsey. Anyway, haven't done this in a while. Before we get to the vanity portion, we're going to go right to the shoutouts. And that goes to a friend of the show and two-time Pod guest, Jim Perillo. Old Fisty McGee, over the Thanksgiving weekend, popped the question to his girlfriend, Fifi, and she said yes, and I'm rather happy for him. Here I am using a podcast, trying to angle my way to an invite for a wedding ceremony, if and when it happens. You know, COVID vaccine permitting and all that. But either way, congratulations, Jim. Hopefully there is a wedding ceremony. You'll bet your buttons that your humble host is going to be in attendance for that whole deal. Hope you had a good and safe Thanksgiving, too. And now we've arrived at the inevitable part of the show, where you ask asking yourself, what's been going on in the life of one J. Michael Bullet recently? Well, as I mentioned at the top, when last I spoke to you, you listened. A little stutter step there, never mind. I was getting ready for Thanksgiving. And it was going to be a Thanksgiving unlike anything... I've been through my life. This was not going to be the Thanksgiving of the last three years where I travel out. No, not this year. In life, what's been going on, my sister decided to cater Thanksgiving. So they ordered out from this cafe in McCannville, not a sponsor, but I got to salute the small businesses, especially during these times. There's this cafe I've eaten at called the Ugly Rooster. And boy, oh boy, achi, machi, they had quite the spread. Turkey and all the trimmings. Turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, Cranberry sauce, green bean casserole, you name it. And two different types of pies. I brought over a Kringle I got at the supermarket. Kringle, you know, I like this strudel type pastry. It's the official state pastry of Wisconsin. And I thought it was all right. Being an upstate New Yorker, what an advanced palate I have. Took some of that home. Dad and Nancy quickly scarfed it up. That's uh, my dad's companion, by the way. So, went over to my brother-in-law's house. They hosted Thanksgiving. We were there all afternoon. I don't know if it was the CDB gummy or all the food I ate. I was watching my nephew play Minecraft. I was starting to doze off a little bit. Then my sister said, all right, come on down. We're having dessert. And had ourselves a heck of a time. I think I had pecan pie, pumpkin pie, apple pie, poontang pie. Whoops, that got blue in a hurry. (laughs) Anyway, they didn't have that, but they had apple, pecan, pumpkin, oh, it was so good. Took some of that shit home, man, I'm telling you. And that was it, went home about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, my Thanksgiving tradition was mostly intact, even despite the pandemic. I watched a little bit of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, it was a lot different, no crowds. They didn't have the usual route, they just put it right in front of the Macy's Department Store on 34th Street and instead of volunteers carrying the balloons they're like wheeled out or somebody else was carrying them i really don't have a clue there but i watched trading places in the morning and then earlier on actually before that earlier on i went to cumberland farms because it was free coffee on thanksgiving day i kind of worried my dad i know when he was going to get up and he called me while i was en route to the cumberland farms in clifton park and he said Hey, man, why didn't you leave a nose? Get worried about you. I so said, I'm going to Cumberland Farms to get coffee. Just I'll be right back. So I did. Left them worried, but that coffee was good, though. Had a little breakfast, and I mean a little breakfast because of all the gluttony that was going to go on later that day. And that was it. Had a nice, relaxing Thanksgiving. Went back to work on Friday. And Saturday was small business Saturday. I did not go to Troy. As has been my custom in past years, I decided, I'm going to start my holiday shopping. I'm going to frequent mostly small businesses. So, I went to this little butcher shop at Half Moon, got a gift card for somebody in my family. I'm not going to say who. Okay, my brother-in-law, you forced me to spill the beans. Came in the pressure pretty quick, didn't you there, Jay? And then, made the long-ass trek up north to Saratoga Springs, the old hometown. And a shout-out to Anne Marie Guglielmo. Went and visited her little uh, bottle shop. They don't sell beer, but they sell wine and whiskey and stuff like that. No beer. This isn't your typical run-of-the-mill commoner garden. You've seen one. You've seen them all. Liquor store. Nothing like that. And nothing like that. Nothing. Nothing. Hello. (laughs) Anyway, went into Anne Marie's little business and I said, you know what? I've just always stopped by to say hello most occasions. Whenever I'm in town, I always know to give her a big old Arkansas howdy. But this time, I'm with what's been going on, how small businesses are just getting absolutely killed during this pandemic, I figured, you know what, Jay, if ever there was a time to fork over some of your hard-earned, this is it. So I figured I'm going to get my dad and his companion a nice bottle of wine. They're going to get a New York vineyard-made wine. 2017 Cabernet Sauvignon from this place called the Old Tavern Winery. Not the Old Town Road. I'm going to take my horse to the Old Tavern Winery. All right. Don't want to risk the lawsuit. Stop right there. It's a shitty song anyhow. Anyway. So I went in, plunked down the money. And made my my way back to the parking garage. I'm recording this is just after 8 o'clock at night. So hopefully my brain's not going too far over the road here anywhere over the line or whatever (laughs) mixed metaphor city so i went in you know forked over some of my money paid for a nice gift and it's really gonna knock their socks off Did some more shopping too i think i went grocery no i didn't go grocery shopping did i oh i was gonna wait till sunday this is getting pretty dull these many seconds (laughs) but hey i didn't have much to do this thanksgiving fucking pandemic come on man cut me some slack jack anyway Got a good chunk of my holiday shopping done. My dad's getting a Allie's gift card for his birthday. I just got him his Christmas present. Almost done with holiday shopping. So looking good here. And also, the last weekend, there's usually my little trip in Detroit, but the Victorian stroll in Troy ain't happening this year. At least in its usual format, as it has been in past years. So, no Franklin Alley Social Club. No talk house. They really do need your help, though. I record something at the top to a link up there actually i'm going to say it right now i didn't do it at the top of the show i heard just today that frank and heidi have started a gofundme campaign to do a little project on the roof of the building which hosts talk house and franklin alley social club so when things do get back to some semblance of normalcy after all this covid bullshit is dead and gone you're gonna they're gonna turn the outside into one heck of a play place but they need your financial help to do it. And also, do take out from Franklin and I because you can't dine in there right now. It was their decision. Not mandated, but mandated. That's all, folks. Not mandated by New York State government. This was their own exec decision. They didn't need Governor Cuomo telling them what to do in that instance. But anyway, back to the lecture at hand. Frank and Heidi have launched this GoFundMe campaign. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. They're going to need every bit of help they can get to make this a reality for when all this madness is over so there you go right there help uh two dear friends of mine they've been great support of this podcast they need your support more than ever now so there you go right there this has been the vanity portion of the kitty pot episode 113 and such being the case we're going to take our weekly trip back into time well semi-weekly trip back into time We're going to go back to what was a memorable year, but not for good reasons. And you'll find out why as he struggles to get out of this cul-de-sac. We're going to hit the Wayback Machine to the year 2013. Welcome to 2013 on the Kitty Pod. Not the most memorable of years for your humble host, and you'll find out why very shortly. Biggest story of the year was the Boston Marathon bombing. On April 15th, Patriots Day, Boston, Massachusetts, the famed Boston Marathon is taking place. Sometime before 2.30, most of the runners had already crossed the finish line. Two bombs went off near the finish line on Boylston Street. Three people were dead. Hundreds were injured. It was just a terrible scene in Beantown. The term Boston Strong made it big on the social media and there was a almost week-long manhunt for the perpetrators. One of them was shot dead and the second was found in somebody's backyard in Watertown, Massachusetts some four nights later. I remember watching that just being gripped to the TV. That was like a real hang-on-to-your-seat moment right there. There was a U.S. government shutdown, one of many, both under the outgoing president and Barack Obama, who was inaugurated to his second term in office in January of that year. We had some shocking news out of the Vatican. Benedict XVI decided that he had had enough of this whole Pope thing. He assumed the throne on the death of John Paul II in 2005, you may recall. So for the first time ever, a Pope decided, you know what? I'm done. I've had enough. I don't know if I can go on any further. So that led to the election of a gentleman from Argentina by the name of Jorge Mario Bergoglio, who took the name of Francis upon his installation as Pope in March of 2013. Also 2019, whoops. Edward Snowden became a name in the news in 2013. He was leaking U.S. diplomatic secrets from Russia, got exiled there. Wild and Wooly Year for Weather, we had tornadoes in Oklahoma in May all the devastation going on there we had a near dalliance with one ourselves my sister and her husband moved house that year and for a while they stayed with us in May because of no electricity at their former pad and then in October they stayed with us while they were getting things settled with their new house I helped them move I recall Same-sex marriage in the United States was officially recognized. We took a huge step forward to how we define marriage in this country. Meanwhile, elsewhere in the world, there was a meteor that crashed in Chelyabinsk, Russia. caused a lot of damage. I don't know if anybody died, but there was a lot of damage to buildings, windows getting blown out. And there was this whole debate about how vulnerable we are to objects falling not just from the sky, but from outer space quite the comforting thought this time of year let me tell you i don't know i said that and there was also civil war in syria too it's been not good there and speaking of not good there was some turmoil in my personal life my mom had broken off cancer treatment temporarily and in mid-july in high summer she had a near-death experience we thought she was going to leave us sooner than she actually did but she pulled out of it god bless her And that fall, she resumed cancer treatments. I remember one time when I had the Tuesday off work, I decided, you know what? Get me out of the house for a little bit. I'm going to take mom to her chemo treatment. Be the loving son that she raised me to be. Spent that day in downtown Saratoga. I was in North Shore Bookstore all enough. And she gave me the call like, all right, I'm done with treatment. You can come pick me up. Take me home. And I did. So they have it right there. She resumed cancer treatments. I was very happy. I remember it was my birthday coming up. And it was on my 31st birthday. I took that day off work. Wanted to burn some time off. And I got the message that from dad that mom's chemo treatments had been postponed for that week. And I said to myself, Jay, this is the greatest birthday present I have ever received. She would get him to wrap up the year. Had a little speed bump in November. She had to spend the night in the hospital one time. But other than that, it was... Pretty much smooth sailing or as close as you can get under the circumstances. We had some debuts, and this was one that was close to my heart. Jay Moore Sports on Fox Sports Radio. I got on the bandwagon about the end of August, and I was ride or die for most of the time it was on the air. went off the air January of 2017. Fox Sports 1 on television made its debut. And rather auspicious one of that. Auspicious? Auspicious. And how about this, Harry's Razors. These guys bought a factory in Germany, just flat out bought it. And they would be many a podcast sponsor, not this one, for the rest of the 2010s. Well, there were also some brands that went away. News Corporation, remember them? They own Fox. Well, they went away. And News Corp, not News Corporation, News Corp, took its place. And also something close to your humble host's upbringing. But not really a big part of his mythology. Grand Union Supermarkets went bye-bye in 2013. They were virtually everywhere in the Great Northeast. There was one in Saratoga that ironically, the site of the Grand Union Hotel. One of those great hotels of Victorian-era Saratoga. They used to be everywhere. We never really shopped in those places. I think we shopped at Price Chopper, but you don't want to hear that. And speaking of disappearances, there are many great people who passed away in 2013, coming from all walks of life. Many and varied were their paths to stardom and their road to fame. Patty Page, singer, how much of that doggie in the window? She went to the great hereafter in 2013. Pat Summerall, an NFL player turned color commentator. He was in the booth with the great John Madden, Montana, Rice touchdown the cotton Bowl. speaking of sports we'll have more in just a minute here earl weaver right now fame manager of the baltimore Orioles in major league baseball known for many an argument with an umpire getting thrown out of the ball game many times Stand the man stan usual legend with the st louis cardinals patty andrews getting out of sports for a little bit the last of the andrews sisters Entertained the troops in World War II, along with Bob Hope them. Ed Koch, former mayor of New York City. Richard Griffiths, great British actor. This movie called With Nail and I. Chris Kyle, American Sniper. Less about him, the better. Jonathan Winters. This is one of the great comic actors of all time. He was in a great movie called It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, that 1963 comedic caper. But he was also a bit of a stand-up, too. He also drew his experiences from the time that he was in a mental institution. Yeah, they put him in the rubber room and all that. I'm going to present to you my favorite Jonathan Winters bit of all time. And it was on his first album that came out in 1960. This is a little scene, you know. A football bit, which is kind of, I figure, kind of timeless.
2: Um, so, it, you know, a guy comes on, he says... Good afternoon, sport fans. This is Rick Randall. It certainly is a beautiful day here. I've never seen a day like it. Have you, Eddie? Eddie. Get off of it, Eddie. Eddie's my engineer, friends. I hope so. A little hard on it, Eddie. Look alive now. These are... All right. Anyway, it is a beautiful day. Oh, there's a little cloud over there, perhaps. A couple of clouds over to the far west. In fact, snow is starting in. It's not the day we expected at all, but it's homecoming day. And, uh... I think we're going to see one of the best games of the year. Uh, they're forming their letters down there now. Well, that'll give you some idea. of about 100,000 people here today. And uh, some of them are certainly going pretty good there. One guy fell out of the stands. Sorry to hear that. And there's Vicky the Goff. Down on the four, picks it up on the 20 and fumble. Oh, that's too bad. It's halftime already One of the fastest games I've ever seen Anyway, I suppose the show's not sponsored And now we take you down to the president of the school
1: Hello there My name is Daniel Everhart I've been here with the school Almost a quarter of a century And now I want to welcome Chick Bailey Walter Kepling and the other boys had played in 1905. <laughs> yeah. And now let's all stand and sing the school song. <laughs> hmm. With well, the songs of Ivy Horse who together walking down the path and blue and gold and indigo and cobalt blue across the sea of leaves we fall.
2: Wonderful, and now?
1: Now, 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 wait. Now it's time to crown our homecoming queen, Grenelda Thurmer. Did you give me the crown? Give me the <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, we're on the then. Hey, one of the tallest girls in the universe. <laughs> Would you say something, dear, to the thousands of the faculty and all oh, going go on. Hi there, very masculine woman, she's in phys ed. Now, dear, get into the Cadillac and just go around once. All right, with the flowers, get in the car. <laughs> Somebody slow her down. <laughs> Thank you,
0: Coach Davis, for setting up that human wall of flesh. Jonathan Winters, ladies and gentlemen. We also shockingly lost James Gandolfini, Tony Soprano himself, and the Sopranos. That was sad news there. The shocking death. George Jones, country singer. He got a moment of infamy of the year yours truly came into the world. He was pulled over for driving his riding lawnmower on the highway. That was nuts. Ray Dolby. He's the guy who put sound in the movies. Well, he improved the sound design of many movies. Ray Harryhausen, a pioneer in special effects. And that was the primitive one. Speaking of movies, Roger Ebert, film critic. He and Siskel and Ebert, two thumbs up, two thumbs down. This guy helped out. What you want to see if you're going to go to the movies? Remember when you could do that? Deanna Durbin, famous actress of the 1940s, went out of the public eye after that time. Really kept a low profile. Esther Williams, speaking of the golden age of cinema, a swimmer turned actress. Richard Ramirez. Here are some infamous ones here. Serial killer known as the Night Stalker. Ooh boy, what's said about him? The better what. When I do a true crime podcast like CR Crime, I always side with the victims, even though I'm telling the story of the murderers. In that spirit, Reva Steenkamp was murdered in 2013, and she was murdered at the hands of this South African track runner named Oscar Pistorius. This is the Blade Runner. He ran the Olympics despite having a blade or one of his legs. He was an amputee. Frank Lautenberg, U.S. Congressman, advocated Amtrak. Lou Scheimer, this was an animator, you may not have heard this guy's name, but Lou Scheimer and this other fellow by the name of Hal Sutherland founded this company called Filmation way back in the day. Van Clyburn, a renowned concert pianist, went over to Russia, I said pianist, he went, over to, he went over to Russia for this thing called the International Tchaikovsky Competition and he straight killed it in 1958. Mindy McCready, she went way too young, country singer. Bonnie Franklin, you may remember her from One Day at a Time. And speaking of sitcoms that were set in the 70s, even though this one aired in the 90s, Lisa Robin Kelly, she met a sad end, Even in that 70s show. She played uh, Kelso, not Kelso, I never really watched that show, I have heard of it. She played Ashton Kutcher's sister, that's all you gotta know. Elmore Leonard, great crime author. Paul Bearer. This was part of my mythology watching wrestling back in the day. This was the manager of Kane and The Undertaker. Oh, yes. And he really is dead. That wasn't a work. That was a shoot. Hugo Chavez, dictator of Venezuela. Passed in 2013. Annette Funicello, ditto. Actress, got famous in the Mickey Mouse Club. Born in Utica. Richie Havens, the man who opened the 1969 Woodstock Music Festival. And speaking of music from that time, Ray Manzarek, the keyboardist from The Doors. He passed in 2013. Corey Monte, sad what happened to him. You may remember him from Glee. He was Finn on that show. Jim Kelly, no, not that Jim Kelly. This was the guy who was Billy Jack. He passed in 2013. Helen Thomas, famed journalist, UPI, White House correspondent. Dennis Farina, he passed in 2013 as well. He was a famous actor, and one of my favorite movies is this m- movie called Midnight Run. If there's more on number one, get more on number two on the phone. Eileen Brennan also left this life in 2013. Sir David Frost, the guy who interviewed Richard Nixon. And he was a big shot on television in England as well. The boxing world lost two greats. Tommy Gunn from Rocky Five, that's Tommy Morrison, and Ken Norton Sr. His son went on to become a great linebacker in the NFL. Back to the world of authors, Tom Clancy, he passed in 2013, set many of his novels in Baltimore, Edie Gourmet, the partner and husband, of, actually not husband, wife, hello, the wife of Steve Lawrence and singing partner, Peter O'Toole, a legend in acting, I know you I use the word great and legend, and they get thrown around so much to the point of overuse, Peter O'Toole was a legendary actor. He was in Lawrence of Arabia and so many other movies. What a filmography this man had. Marsha Wallace, voice of Edna, Bart's teacher in The Simpsons and Lisa's too. It was also the receptionist on the Bob Newhart show. Lou Reed, the man who once took a walk on the wild side, took a walk to the hereafter in 13. Philip Chevron of The Post, He also left us this year, as did Jeff Hanneman, the guitarist for the metal band Slayer. Paul Walker. From Fast and Furious. He went to the hereafter in 13. Ray Price, singer. James Avery, Uncle Phil from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. They're having the reunion now. I don't know if you know I don't know if anybody watched it. I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. I'm going to plead ignorance. We mentioned Richard Ramirez earlier. We had another criminal. A gentleman by the name of Ron Biggs. Who in 1963 pulled off the Great Train Robbery in the UK. Hal Needham. Fame movie stuntman left in 2013, and we wrap it up with a big hammer, Nelson Mandel. This is the man who fought against apartheid in South Africa, spent 26 years in prison, released in 1990, and went on to become the first democratically elected president of South Africa four years later. What a life, what a man. Wrapping up this pop culture corner... Actually, wrapping up this look back, we go to the pop culture corner, the world of sports now, the Boston Red Sox. It was Boston strong all the way. They won the World Series in 2013. It was the only one they clinched at Fenway Park. I remember they were making a big deal of it. Oh, it's the first time ever. First time since 1918 they won at Fenway. So, Yankees didn't make the playoffs that year. New York sports headed to an all-time low at that point. The Baltimore Ravens beat the San Francisco 49ers in a thriller of a Super Bowl. And I remember watching that game. The lights went out at the Louisiana Superdome, now the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, during the first part of the second half. It was insane. Make that two titles in a row for LeBron James. The Miami Heat won their second consecutive NBA championship. The Chicago Blackhawks in the shortened 2012-13 NHL season dubbed the Saviors of the NHL foolishly by Sports Illustrated, went on to win the Stanley Cup, beat the Boston Bruins. Alabama whooped on Notre Dame to win the NCAA football championship, while Louisville won the NCAA basketball championship, unfortunately due to scandal involving then-head coach Rick Pitino. The title had to be vacated. All that despite freshman Kevin Ware suffering a gruesome knee injury in their national s- semifinal matchup, matchup. Regional semifinal matchup. Sorry about that. A little messed up here when I do these. We move on to the cinema. That year's Oscars. The best picture went to Argo. Won three categories out of seven in which they were nominated.
1: What does Argo mean? Argo, you don't know? It means Argo Fuckers Road.
0: However, the top-grossing film that year was Iron Man 3, bringing in over $409 million at the domestic box office. Meanwhile, in the world of music, Gotye took home Best Record with Somebody That I Used to Know, featuring Kimbra. Meanwhile, the Best Album Award went to Mumford & Sons for their album, Babble. And I've babbled long enough about 2013 will play out to the aforementioned Gotye song as we go into the main topic of this episode. the least Christmasy music ever I introduce you to the main topic of this episode of the Kitty Pot and that is autism and the holidays I've never gone through anything like this before in terms of subject matter but then again I've never gone through a year like 2020 I found one website that I'm going to read to you but I'm going to interject every now and then with my thoughts and my reflections because well I've been on this earth for close to four decades now And I have to remind you that this was written in December of 2016. So this was just before, well actually years before this whole pandemic bullshit. So a lot of this, at least for this year anyway, is not going to apply. Hopefully next year and going forward, cross your fingers with the vaccine. Especially as I just got a breaking news alert saying that the FDA here in the United States has approved Pfizer's Coronavirus vaccine for emergency distribution here in the United States. So some good news there. All right, back to the lecture at hand. This is from the Autism Awareness Center in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And this is from the author, a woman by the name of Maureen Benny, B-E-N-N-I-E. The article is as follows and I quote, The Christmas holidays are a time of great excitement and anticipation. Holidays also means changes in the schedule, visitors, Crowds, lineups, noise, and socializing. For children with ASD, autism spectrum disorder, the Christmas holidays can be a stressful and anxious time. Meeting family demands can be especially nerve-wracking, particularly if you want to break with time-honored traditions that just don't work for a child with autism. Here are a few ideas for making the holidays happy. Again, this was written in 2016, long before all this coronavirus pandemic bullshit and all the mayhem and madness that has resulted. You may not be going through this, this year in 2020, but hopefully 2021 and going forward. Number one, family expectations. This is the author talking. Be clear with other family members what will and won't work and make a compromise. For example, my mother wants us to spend most of the day on December 24th at her house, then go to an evening mass. To get a seat in the church, I added those words, not me. You have to be there one hour before the mass starts. I know this will be too much for my two children on the spectrum, so I've opted to just spend the afternoon at Grandma's, then go home for a quiet family dinner on our own. We'll still see the family, just not for the same amount of time everyone else will. Now, back in the archives in the before times, I did my first ever Christmas episode where I discussed Family tradition that I did when I was a child. You know, going back to when I visited relatives all the way out in North Adams, Massachusetts, which is about over an hour's drive from where I was growing up at the time. Saratoga Springs, New York, Wilton area. Up that way, Route 50. We stopped seeing relatives sometime after my grandpa Bullet died in the mid-90s. And what used to be was we would go on Christmas Eve. We would leave about mid-afternoon. Make the long drive to North Adams, go to church near my grandma's house, come on back, have Christmas dinner with the family all family, open presents from the relatives, take those presents, head home for the night with all the businesses closed early and everything, or most of them anyway, and then come home around 9 o'clock, 9:30, and go to bed, and you know, we're all jacked up, me especially. Because I couldn't wait to see what Santa brought me and Tracy and the rest of the, the family at Bullet House. And then there's Christmas Day. We open early in the morning. It's so like, geez, I got to slog through the rest of the morning before Christmas dinner gets on the table. And this, that, and the other. I took to it pretty well for somebody on the spectrum. But then in the, the years, we didn't see where all it is. We would go into church here and in town, in Saratoga. And we have to leave like earlier than we would go to church at uh, St. Clement's in Saratoga Springs, one of two Roman Catholic churches in the city. And we would get there a lot earlier than usual. I'd deal with crowds, you know, a whole lot of people almost cheek by jowl with strangers at Christmas Eve Mass. I don't know how somebody like me would have handled Midnight Mass. I'll just watch it on television from St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. But I fared pretty well. The one thing that really got me was the one toy that I wanted to have underneath the tree Christmas morning and I would just be you know, like, you know, mom would be like, I right, would we'll just shut up about it. Don't go on too much. Alright, well, I kind of diverted there. Alright, number two, pick the right time for activities. Again, this may not apply in 2020. With everyone on Christmas break, most attractions will be busier. Call ahead and ask when the less busy times are. Matinees are better than evening shows. If eating out, get there by 5 p.m. or after 7. A Sunday may be quieter than a Saturday. Mornings are usually better at most places. Well, most places are going to be not operating or operating at limited capacity this year due to the pandemic. But it's always good. I usually go in the mornings too. I want to use my gift cards. Quieter during the week than on weekends, especially Saturdays. Number three, maintain routines. This is a big one for those of us on the spectrum. Try to stick with routines like bedtime, bath time, and meals. If that's impossible, try to keep one routine in place so that the child has something he can count on being the same. Kids like predictability. If there is a change in the routine, let your child know ahead of time on the schedule, which given this pandemic, hasn't really been the case. Number four, food. You know me and food, we've had quite the relationship. If your child follows a special diet, let everyone know and ask them not to offer food. Well-meaning people think a child is missing out if they don't try all the Christmas treats. Parents know the consequences of dietary changes. Having a child that is sick or won't sleep due to what he ate is no fun. Amen to that, brother. I'm lactose intolerant. Now that you can see or hear, it, they take lactate, so we're all good on that front. As long as I got lactate, everything's all fine and dandy. Number five, visiting. We did quite a bit of that when I was a kid. Less so as we grew up. Me and my sister, that is. When out visiting, limit the length of the visit and make sure your child brings a few things that he finds comforting. Ask your hostess where there is a quiet space available if your child needs it. No further comment. Number six, visit Earth. It's one thing when you're visiting somebody. It's another thing when you got people coming around your house. Let potential visitors know that unannounced visits are stressful. Ask that they call ahead and come at times that work for your family. Limit how long they stay ahead of time. That is to say, we'd love to see you for an hour, but then Joey has to go for a nap or we'll be going out. Like I like that scene my nephew. It's like 15 minutes. He already he wants to go home. It's like that last Sunday when he and my brother-in-law came back for a brief visit. They stayed just long enough for me to and my brother-in-law the money for my fantasy basketball league. Number seven, schedule in some respite time. Finding people to babysit over the holidays can be trying, but with many college students home for the holidays, and they've been home longer due to the schedule change because of the pandemic, you may be able to enlist some help. Take in a movie, go for a walk, whatever lifts your spirits. Now, there's a mention, they make mention of seeing Santa Claus. And I doubt that's going to happen in the traditional way. Due to what's going on nowadays. So I'll skip that and give a plug for a a local shopping mall in Calgary. Number 9. Christmas fun. I came across this sensory article on how to host autism friendly Christmas events. Go for a drive and see the Christmas lights at night. I did that with my dad and his companion. Night after Thanksgiving. Decorate the tree over the course of a week. Hang a few decorations a day so that it isn't a huge job in one go didn't seem to faze me one bit. Buy an advent calendar and count down the days until Christmas. My sister and her husband have one of those for Hunter, my nephew. And number 10, Christmas presents. I took a whole different tack when mentioning this earlier. Some children with ASD find presents overwhelming. Tearing off wrapping paper can be a challenge for those with fine motor issues. Some children might feel anxious not knowing what's inside. Again, see expectations about... What I wanted to have under the tree as the years went by. For those with fine motor issues, consider putting things in gift bags with loose tissue on top. Put a picture of what's inside the box on the outside. What's in the box? Not everything has to be open in one day. Stretch the gift opening over the course of a week. I, my parents remember when I was two years old, it took me all day to open for so I may mean, <laughs> I really took that advice to heart. Remember, forget about everyone's holiday expectations and create your own traditions that work. Every family has its own rhythm and pace. Do what works for your child. Think about maintaining predictability through routines and familiar toys, places, and people. Merry Christmas to everyone across the globe. I'll put a link to this article in the show notes. Before we get to the end of this episode, as is custom, I'd like to give some podcast shoutouts. First up, greetings from Allentown. Peter Winson broke down an episode of WWF All-Star Wrestling from Christmas Eve, December 24th, 1983. Just one year and eight days after your humble host came into this world. Here's an interesting twist. The sportscaster Steve Bennett out of Buffalo, New York, with an interesting side project that I'm sure you'll enjoy, especially if you're a wrestling fan. We're staying on that theme here if you haven't sussed it out yet. He and this gentleman by the name of Dave Rollins started this podcast called the 24-inch podcast talking all about Hulk Hogan. Hulkamania, brother. So hopefully you'll get your Pythons, no matter how long they are, all over that. I listened to the first episode. It was rather enjoyable, and I can't wait for the next one. It's going to be a real treat. And, of course, speaking of podcast treats, the Break It Down show, great episodes this past week or two. P.A. Turner, John Leon Guerrero, There was a wonderful interview I heard the other day with Malcolm Atkin. This is the guy who built the Air Studios on the Caribbean island of Montserrat. And all these great artists like Sting and the Police who recorded albums there. What a great episode that was. So check those episodes out. And also, we're going to have some episodes of my true crime podcast, CR Crime, to close out 2020. First one's going to be all about the death penalty in New York State. There's been some talk in the news now. Um, our outgoing president, and thank goodness, is looking to give the death penalty to some people who are in prison who should actually be released back into the general population. So we're going to take a look at the history of the death penalty in New York State. And to close out the year, we're going to have a holiday special of sorts. when we take a look at the fire that severely burned this this little girl named sapphire terry so check out those podcasts as for this one when you get a second be a dear. if you have the capability to review podcasts on your platform of choice give it a five-star rating and a good write-up this podcast is available on apple podcast on google podcast spotify and the podcaster you're choosing so there you have it right there now we get to the s'moring portion of this episode As we give you the Stone Cold Lock of the Century of the Week. Actually, the Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Century of the Week. Uh And what? Gimachi. Actually, I'm going to break format here. We're going to give you a triple. Including the only college game of note for this season. So, without any further lead, hindrance, delay, etc. Maestro, hit the music. I forgot to put it in last week. Anyway, hit the theme, boys. All right, we're going to start with the NFL games. There's two on the Sunday slate that caught my attention. First off, it's the Arizona Cardinals heading west to the New York Giants. They're playing at empty MetLife Stadium in the Jersey Swamp. All of a sudden, this matchup has some juice. Kyler Murray versus an old pro, kind of, and Colt McCoy in place of Daniel Jones. Had himself quite the game, even though the Giants couldn't break 20 points against the Seahawks with him under center. Coming in for Daniel Jones, who had that terrible hamstring injury. Nothing on the level of Dak Prescott busting that ankle and being out for the year. Kyler Murray, who might have on my fantasy football team, looks as though he's injured. He hasn't really told the Arizona Cardinals brass about the whole thing. Well, I'm a fan of the Giants. The old thing goes, for and bet against them, even though this is a team from the West is going to be traveling east and going to phase the Cardinals in my book. The lines two and a half. I'm going to take Arizona plus the number in the upset or minus the number, I should say. wrote it down here minus two and a half. All right, Sunday night football. Western New York is in the spotlight. The Buffalo Bills are hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, had there not been a pandemic going on, the atmosphere around this game would have been absolutely electric. Phil's Mafia. Would be getting put through chairs and tables. More the latter than the former. New Year's outside Buffalo would have been absolutely rocking. Either way, Pittsburgh Steelers, good boy, (laughs) for the last couple of weeks they've had, let me tell you. Their game against the Ravens gets postponed more times than even the NFL's willing to admit. They played last Wednesday afternoon. And then... Coming off the shortest of all possible weeks in these circumstances, they face the Washington football team. It was a shocking loss that put an end to their undefeated season, the hopes thereof. It's going to be another short week, even though it's longer than the last one. So I'm going to say it right now. The Buffalo Bills in an upset. I'm picking them straight up. Finally, and I mean that, the first, last, and only game on the college slate I'm going to pick this season and it's the annual Army-Navy tussle, not held in either the Meadowlands, Baltimore, or Philadelphia. It's actually going to take place at Army Home Stadium at West Point. No fans allowed. No cadets. No midshipmen. No civilians. Nobody. And there's personal significance as my dad and his companions are veterans of the Navy and the United States Army, respectively. And it's also going to take place on December 12th, my dad's birthday. So in another upset special, the line 6.5, I'm going to say Navy plus the number. So to recap, Arizona minus 2 in the hook. Upset special, Buffalo plus the 2 in the hook. And another upset special in the college slate. It's going to be Navy in 6.5 points plus the number. And that will do it for the Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks of the Century of the Week, plural. And that will also do it for episode 113 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. I certainly appreciate you listening this week as we wrap up this reprehensibly shitty year 2020. Just want to plug next year before I go, next week, (laughs) getting ahead of myself big time. Anyway, next week, episode 114, it's going to be our 2020 holiday shit fest to close out a shitty year. How appropriate. I don't know who I'm going to have lined up for guests, but hopefully it's going to be a stellar lineup and you're certainly going to enjoy it. As for this episode, once again, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you on the next one. And as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. One second. Keep smiling. And don't forget to wear your mask, stay home as much as you can. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
1: Sit, boo-boo, sit. Good dog.
0: <laughs> oh, just one more thing before I go. I want to wish all the Jewish listeners of the Keep It To Yourself podcast a happy Hanukkah. Talk to you next week for our holiday shit fest. Bye-bye. Welcome to episode 113 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your feet. Blah. Welcome to episode 113 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your feet. Blah.